welcome back to another episode of wrestling with romance it's me one of your hosts life of dean and i cannot wait for you guys to hear this episode uh to start off this episode i'm actually going to tell a past romance story about how one of my exes intentionally got me blacked out drunk we're going to also talk about the week in retrospect with aew i'm going to review some of the matches that jack gave me and we're going to leave one or two fantasy bookings and next week right come from the table and i'm going to give jack some matches to review with that being said we're going to jump right into the show i hope you guys have a great time and uh check you out next week So I want to say this story starts fall of 2013. So for backstory, I graduated from my college spring 2013. I know I'm old because especially was, if you look at the date. I was 16. Right. I was 23, just fresh out of college. Right. Uh-huh. So at this point, I'm going back to my old college. I really loved my college. My college is where I met some of my first wrestling friends, really. It's where I, you know, started my little, you know, adventure as a DJ, as an artist, as a creative. It really helped me with that. But it's also where I met state my state it was in? So like, oh, it's in New York. It's still upstate New York. Upstate New York. Okay. I just want some yeah. context so, that I can imagine the setting in. I'll give everybody the setting. So... This school is in a small town named Cobleskill. Nine times out of ten, you know you don't know where the fuck I'm talking about. But if you've been to Albany, it is legit 45 minutes out from Albany going towards Oneana and Binghamton. Okay. So if you're going towards Oneana and Binghamton, you're gonna hit you're gonna pass this little small ass town named Cobleskill. Now, for backstory. I didn't know where the fuck this school was. I was just a kid that got happy. He got accepted to college, and I went. And then I realized I'm in a small little country town. Is it near Troy? Troy is like probably 30 minutes away. 30, 40 minutes away. It's near... It's in Schoharie County. And it is... I would say only on is the next thing closest to it. So I've been a lot of places, and mm-hmm. by far the two saddest places I've ever been to are Albany and Troy. <laughs> and they're right next to each other. My best friend's from Troy. He still lives out there. Oh. Is... Troy, Schenectady, and Albany. It's like the fucking wire. It's like you go out there and you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> but I went to school there for five years. Really should have just did four. One year, depression. You know, you, you, yeah. you get depressed when you're in college, you fuck up. It happens. I met my ex there. Now, at this point, I actually met three exes out there. You know, life of a college student. <laughs> life of a college. Yeah, but this ex, we actually ended up dating after I graduated. We had really started dating because they had left. But um, this time, it's me and my best friend, Ace Asia. We decide we're going to go back up to school. Now, for context, neither of us have a car. I do not have a license. Asia has a permit. But we have found a way to rent 
a vehicle to drive it all the way up there on Asia's permit somehow. And for some reason, Asia has chosen to rent a Dodge Charger. Now, Asia is not an expert driver, so maybe a Dodge Charger is not the best first fucking car for us to be really driving around in. But we do it. And we also have our friend Dominique who asks us to pick up her boyfriend because we're going to visit her while she's up there. And we're like, eh, fuck it. Why not? The ride up there is smooth. Perfectly fine. We get up there. We see our friends. We're drinking. We're having a good time. I do something pretty petty to another ex that I see on campus. But that is something for another day. What? Wait, you got to tell us. (laughs) Okay. For context... Me and her did not have the best breakup. Um, okay. Not because I did something. She did something. And I later found out about it. But that's for another day. That's right. Those exes so, are always toxic to you. Well, one of those things was hitting me in the face. <laughs> so I just ended it there because I'm not going to hit you back. Because she almost, that was like two months before I graduated. I'm not blowing my bachelor's degree. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> And then, too, it was another thing where you, you're sneaky of doing things behind your back, but your friends tell me. So I'm not going to issue it. We don't need to have a conversation. We just keep it pushing. But a lot of her friends are cool with me because I know them. She comes up to try and give me a hug. And I kind of do, like, the swim. Like, you ever watch football when they're, like, the defensive lineman is swimming. So I did a swim and a stiff arm, and I said, excuse me, just as she's trying to walk up to hug me. Now, it's petty because everyone's in front of us. It's not like I did to see you in private. Like, all of our circle of friends are right here. And you're 12 feet tall, so you raising your arm and swinging it is the equivalent (laughs) of a windmill. Like, it could have picked her up off her feet. <laughs> it doesn't help that she's, like, smaller than Vince. Vince and Sons. <laughs> he was, like, maybe five. Which is, like, four seven. <laughs> so, you know, this looks crazy. So, you know, okay. it yeah. looks ridiculous. But the real thing is the next day. So the next day we drive down to Troy, one of the, as you said, saddest places on earth. Uh, and we go meet up with my friend, Will. Now, uh, Will comes with us. We're chilling on campus, but they're like, "Hey, we have this char- we have this charger for two more days before we have to drive it back in Brooklyn. Let's go have fun. Let's take an adventure." Now, mind you, my girlfriend is with me, but her friends live on an apartment off campus. I'm like, "You go have fun with your friends. I'm gonna hang out with my friends." I don't think we need to spend time with each other like that when we have friends here and we can just do our own thing. Yeah. Now, that's my thought at 23. I still have to start now. But, you know, some people don't see shit the same way. So she's like, why haven't we hanged out? Why? Where have you been all day? And I'm like, hanging out with my friends? I thought that's what we all came up here to do. So she's like, no, come over to the apartments. Let's hang out. I'm like, I, all right. You know, 23, I'm just like, whatever. Get you off my back. I'm just going to come and hang out. My ex... Drinking is an understatement. Like, she would drink heavy. Like, not crazy amounts, but, like, get sloppy. But, like, her drinks that she would make were strong for no reason. So, she had bought this, like, overproof Smirnoff vodka. First of all, I don't like vodka. 
Vodka runs, vodka and tequila run through me like a hot knife through butter. Like it cuts me up. Like it's a wrap. Like it's, it, I'm not long for this world after I've drinking enough vodka or tequila. Like I am blacking out soon. So we get over there. She's like, I'm gonna make you some drinks. I'm like, all right, cool. She gives me the first drink. Jack, I don't even taste juice. It is like full <laughs> up to the brim. I uh, just taste straight vodka. I'm like, what the like? It's fuck just is- got like a tiny little like shot of juice in there for like a, for color <laughs> at the top, a pinch of color, just uh-huh. just for just for color purposes, just so it looks like a little bit of orange. And I'm just like, what the? F-? I drink it, and I'm kind of like a fast drinker. Like I I don't really sip drinks. Like I sip wine, Trying but if it's a hard wine. drink. Uh, yeah, exactly. Especially 23. Who's a responsible drinker at 23? There's no one. I'm 26 and I'm not a responsible drinker. Exactly. So imagine at that point, I'm fresh out of college, too. Like, I'm only like four or five months removed. I'm taking it back. Whatever. So she gave me like two drinks like that. And on the second drink, I come with her into the kitchen. Because I'm like, I have to see what the fuck you're making. Because this shit is too strong. It is two-thirds of vodka with this much juice. I'm like, fuck. And this is like a 16-ounce a glass. So I've drunk like three of them. Well, and I'm just... Kill you. And I'm like, fuck. Like, mind you, again, I'm a fast drinker, but I'm beginning to feel it. Like midway through cup three, I'm like, Ugh, this is this is gonna be rough. Now my friends, I didn't realize they were blowing up my phone. They look at my phone. They're like, "Yo, where are you? We trying to make moves." And I'm like, I tell my girlfriend, I'm like, "Yo, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to go meet with my friends." I told them where I am. They drove over to the apartment complex. My friend Ace, she's annoyed because she's like, "Yo, I've been trying to get out and make moves and do this." I'm like, "All right, I get it. You know, we got the car for one night, like two more nights." What what you want to do? So the next town is Oneana. Now Oneana, when, when the schools are going, Oneana is a college town. Yeah, it's like full on parties everywhere, kids walking around the street, all that good shit. So they're like, "Yo, let's drive to Oneana." Now I remember this so fucking distinctly because we had a bottle of champagne, we had a bottle of rum, we're just drinking in the backseat. To the point, my friend Ace, she opens it and it pops open and sprays the inside of the fucking rental. So again, I'm already nervous because now we have champagne spilled on the inside of this goddamn fucking rental. You're seeing that security deposit just wither away. God, mind you, I barely have a job. I barely have a job. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, fuck, where are we paying for this? All right. So then we're passing around the bottle. We're drinking in the backseat. I'm now beginning to blackout in the backseat as we're on the road. So I'm like, oh, what is going on? I don't know. When somebody in the front says, hey, I need to use the bathroom. Let's just pull over to the side of the road. I'm like, okay, cool. If I go use the bathroom, maybe that'll help me out a little bit. Yeah, if you look at yourself in the bathroom mirror, that can, like, bring you back. 
We wasn't even in the bathroom mirror. We was on the dark side of the fucking highway. Just like on the dark road side of the road. Because we're in this country area. So we just taking dark roads. Like, I'm pissing behind a barn in the fucking dark. Mind you, I'm black and I'm from Brooklyn. I know this is not where the fuck I should be. I, I know. This is how, like, bad, like, movies about, like, racial injustice start that are directed by white people. Oh, a thousand percent. And we are in those red fucking flag states, them lovely little Confederate flag areas. We are in one of those There's areas. Something so fascinating to me, like disassociating to me about people in the north who have Confederate flags. Like, you know how far removed <laughs> you have to be in your brain to like be from the north and have a Confederate flag? Do you like like the thought pressure, the level of separation to be in northern New York. <laughs> Quick sidebar. I was on my campus when Obama got elected. I would have you never, yeah. You want to talk about an uncomfortable walk to your room. I've never seen so many Confederate flags put up in the windows where I'm just like, y'all do understand. This is the North, right? Do y'all do understand? Like, you're misrepresenting. This is, the- this is actually culture appropriation. You, a Northern white person, it's <laughs> so weird. Like, it's honestly New York. Outside of New York City, it is a fucking Republican state. Like, outside of New York City, it's all Republican, damn near for the most part. It is red as hell. Yeah, but you know, if so- I were you, I would have pissed on every single one uh, in celebration I mean- and defiance. Here's where we go to the story. Okay. From this point on, everything is spotty, Jack. I don't yeah. fully remember shit except pissing behind that barn and closing the car door. Because what happened? I blacked the fuck out. I wake up in the parking lot of a pizzeria in Oneana, puking my brains out on the side of the goddamn charger. And that's not even the worst part. So I used to be an RA in college. Right? One of the people that ran the floors and made yeah. sure kids were safe. One of the kids that was actually really loved me as an RA, they ran up to me, Kadeem. And one of my friends was just like, uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. He's in no shape to talk right now. And right as soon as they said that, you can have the side. This is like, like if you're a freshman, like your RA, like, it's like one of the old, like, you think they're an adult. Like for like you've got it in your head that like they're really responsible and they've been blessed like they've been chosen for this position and not like it was a person who needed cheap housing and like a little bit like of assistance. Of assistance. <laughs> of assistance. Yeah. And like that's why they're there. And it's like yeah, they was just like, Oh shit. Like it's to the point they messaged me. On Facebook the next day, like, I saw you, but you were not okay. Are you okay today? (laughs) Because of how bad I was. So, mind you, my friends are all pissed at me. Because, mind you, I'm never the person that gets this drunk. But it's my ex who has given me more liquor than I need any right to consume. Uh Has fucked my life up. So then, I guess by the time we're driving back. Now, mind you, she gave me all those drinks at 9 p.m. We are only on to at 11.30 when I come back to some type of consciousness. Okay. That's not the bad. next time I wake up, it is 1 a.m. 
and we're on the road. Oh, it was one of the double blackouts where you like come out of it and oh. then, like get pushed back under the waters. It's it's like about to be another one. Cause then I wake up and I'm like, what's going on? Everyone around me is kind of asleep. My friend Will is driving the car and he's smoking. And he's like, damn, Nick, I thought you was dead. Like the way he's <laughs> like the way he's driving. He looks at me and says that. He looks back. There's a fucking fox in the middle of the goddamn road. No, you gotta hit that fucking thing. He swerved. Mind you, we're in a rental. We can't swerves hit when I drive. Yeah, exactly. He swerves, swerves back. I smack my head on the window and go back to sleep. Blackout. You were knocked unconscious. Oh yeah, I was knocked unconscious to the point I woke up the next morning in the back seat with my friend Asia in the front seat, pissed at me. She was like, "How the fuck?" Did you get that drunk? And I told her it wasn't just what we drank. Now, it's <laughs> also what my ex gave me because my friend Asia wasn't with me. So she didn't know what my ex was doing. She didn't know how much my ex gave me. I met up with Asia and everybody after where we were drinking the champagne and we were just drinking, I think it was Hennessy. Now, mind you, that's Hennessy, champagne, and Smirnoff vodka in my body. That is why I blacked out so much. Yeah, you can't mix colors. That's like the first yes. thing my dad That's... taught me about drinking. I was 11. <laughs> I was 11 when he shared that piece of lifelong knowledge I've carried with me. He's like, never mix colors when you drink, Jack. Like, hey, this... no, like, no apple juice and orange juice. The fact you said 11 brings up so many questions that I do not have the time to get into. But then, like, then my ex is, like, mad at me. And she's just like, why did you leave? Why wasn't you picking up your phone? And I looked at her and I said, because you poisoned me. You tried to murder me. And I got gaslit into believing if you had just stayed with me, you've been fine. And I realized... She was trying to get me so drunk I did not leave the apartment that night. And then you fall asleep in her bed, and it's diabolical. Um, Mind you, it's not even her bed. It's her friend's bed because she don't go there. And you just stay with your friends. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how thin the line between insanity and genius is. <laughs> it is quite disturbing. And with that... I welcome you to the third episode of Wrestling with the Romance. I was going to do that this time because you told the story. Oh, you go right Welcome to the third episode of Wrestling with Romance. Uh, today we got Dean coming in with our romance story. Uh, <laughs> I am the one of the co-hosts, Jack Simon. And Kadeem from Life of Dean, do your thing. And I am your other co-host, Life of Dean. We want to thank you if you've made it through that story. Um, don't need to report anybody for possible endangerment and entrapment. Um, things have moved on. I think statute of limitations have passed for such crimes. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, uh, Fuck that shit. <laughs> I, I had the the pun the bunny suit story last year for like a Halloween or last week as like a Halloween costume thing. But I also, the other one I almost did was the time I picked up a girl dressed as Orange Cassidy for Halloween. 
Uh, but there, there's no story there. It's just kind of a thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I had the full outfit and nobody understood it. <laughs> I was in that sounds about right. Yeah, I was in Boulder, Colorado, which is a you know college town um, that everybody. Yeah. yeah, I mean everybody knows it now because Deion Sanders coached there. But yeah, I was just about to say. I met a girl and uh, dressed as Orange Cassidy, Cassidy, and made it happen. So bless up. I'm not gonna lie to you, with the way your hair looks right now for a podcast users, you can't really see it. But he has this very lovely mohawk. They got like a little swoop on the top of it. Yeah, the mohawk part you, before I call it. Right. Now, if you had just combed that a little to the side with some aviator shades on and just put a denim jacket on you right now, you might have to shave the mustache, I think, and the, the goatee. But I think you could perfectly work. It's a stunt double for Orange Cassidy. I got my, my Leave of Bates t-shirt on today. Hey! Like that. How, you, how are you feeling today, though, Jack? I'm feeling good. Ah. Uh, Got a fresh haircut, so I feel good. I mean, I got some heavy things on my heart. Mm. I, you know, it's been a, it's been a hard week <laughs> on the interwebs for AEW. Oh yeah, yeah. It, this was the worst week I've seen on the internet for AEW, and of course, Brett, keep it a hundred, like Twitter. All the social medias is an echo chamber. Um, of course. Also, a lot of, <laughs> you know, it's not like the wrestling fan base is that big. And particularly AEW's, <laughs> you know, they're very online. So I think it's a better barometer for wrestling than it is for anything else. Right. Um, they were just getting shit on this week. Yeah. It was a railroading. Um, it was a railroading this week. It was uh it was rough. Yeah. And it was and it was like it was sad too. Cause like it was people who were talking about like it's not just that they're going through a bad period. This isn't the company I signed up for. Yeah. This isn't the alternative that I signed up for. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we look at the top of the card right now, you got MJF, Samoa Joe is a WWE guy, ex-WWE guy. Uh, he is. I wouldn't put Samoa Joe at. As much as we do, like, Samoa I Joe really had... has an incredible history behind that. Well, no, just, not Samoa- just that, like... If you look at it, it's like what his all his ring time equates to like three, four years in WWE. I, I, I don't really put him as WWE guy. I don't. I, I just don't. I think it's what people associate with him the most, which I think is a discredit. That's the only reason why I was saying. Oh, that. but That's I'm to saying that, you know, perception is reality. Like it's, that is at least a perception of him. I don't know about all that. Continue, continue. Edge. XWWE guy. Yeah. And perhaps, look, the worst two examples or the ugliest two examples uh, Ric Flair and Big Show, XWWE guys who have all gotten like matches and time and 
Ric Flair now has a contract. And like I feel no nostalgia pop when I see Big Show because like my nostalgia for Big Show isn't in AEW, it's in WWE. Yeah. These things don't hit the same. Yeah. And so yeah. it's seen like the nostalgia pops or the or the the wannabe nostalgia pops that have like been ridiculed for WWE for years and now AEW going into that well. It's just sad mm. like seeing it devolve into this point. Like it's it's the second like even Tranquilo Club, shout out Tranquilo Club, uh, great mm-hmm. YouTube. If you don't know that, know him. I love their I love their video, video essays. essays. Great yeah. video essays. He just did one, which I think was his best one ever, on the demise of AEW. And he's like the biggest AEW fan out there. And mm-hmm. he and you know, he did leave it with like a grain of salt. He's like, you know, I do think they can come back. I think they can write this ship. But he, he even said this is more of a second place company than it is an alternative anymore. They're not mm-hmm. trying to do anything different. They're just very happy to be second place. Or they're just content being second place, I guess would be the better term. Um I mean and- both you said both, pretty much content or happy. It's like you know they're good with their spot. Is what you mean? And there's other examples too. Like it's not just the nostalgia <clears> part <throat> on Collision, which was the drizzling shits as well. <laughs> like Dynamite and Collision were very bad this week, but on Collision you had the first on-the-spot booking for AEW that I can remember ever happening. Like, if we remember, like, they were very adamantly against it. Like, we're not going to book anything in the moment. It's all matches that are announced beforehand with mm-hmm. the boys versus the acclaimed, where the boys just came out and, like, they had a match on the spot, mm-hmm. which I don't remember ever happening in AEW and goes against, like, all the principles of AEW, which is we announce our matches beforehand because we're more of a. I mean, of course, they said we're going to be a sports-based product. It hasn't exactly lined up that way, even like in their best of times. But yeah. at the very least, where we're going to be more realistic with how a how professional wrestling would exist within this context, like of being a real sport. Right. Like, if it was a real sport. You would never have a match that's just like happening in the exact moment. Right. Like it's not fucking real. Um, like that could never happen. Like at a UFC fight or whatever. Um, yeah. And it's just some absolute like dumb sports entertainment bollocks. Right. And I don't know if like and we we've talked about MJF and whether it's his fault or it's not his fault. Um. I've gone both ways on it. I guess I don't think it's his fault now. That's where I stood last week. I still stand there now. I mean, Mm. he's done... In every position he's been put in, he's done the best possible job somebody could do. I think a few of the babyface moments, like like calling Switchblade Tofu and getting that chant going, are pretty worthy and embarrassing. Agree. Um... I think also his style lends to a more 
entertainment style of wrestling. Uh, in ring, or you mean outside the ring? Because I think in ring it works. His, I think he's perfect. I, I think, think both. Um, I mean, I think he's a, his wrestling could work in either in either E or AEW or on the Indies or whatever the fuck. If New Japan wanted, like, if you want to do New Japan, he would kill a G One or a Wrestle Kingdom or whatever. Yeah. Um, That's what I was saying. He has that flexible, fluid style yeah, that can like go in anywhere. Um, but his aura <clears throat> is so big, mm-hmm. and it's like standing underneath uh, a space shuttle. Right. His style is going to burn up everything around him. And I think that's kind of what's happened to the product. Right. Where Tony Khan has looked at what he's doing and him making it work and decided everybody can make this work like him having the highest rating settings or highest rated segments has mm-hmm. led Tony Khan to believe that they should have um, everybody do his style rather than the old AEW mentality of everybody should do the style that best works for them. Right. Like I wasn't thrilled when they called it a sports based product at the beginning like that didn't really get me going i was like okay cool but like i i I still like entertainment in my wrestling i'm well established on that i got really excited when um i think it was nick jackson said it was nick or matt who said Mm -hmm. it's gonna be a wrestling buffet you can get a little bit of everything and now we've veered into like you just get shitty powdered eggs And that's it. And then you get an occasional Moxley match where he, you know, does something crazy and bleeds buckets, which I love. Um, but you're not getting the style where everybody can thrive because everybody is set up to do what they do best. And also everybody is going to make their own creative choices. Yeah. I would much prefer that chaos of even like 2018 AEW. Where everybody's making their own choices, or I guess not. Mm. Two thousand. I mean, early two thousand nineteen. Not twenty nineteen. Yeah. Now, I can't really speak too much to twenty nineteen. I didn't really start watching weekly AEW until January of twenty twenty. So I don't know what early. The, 20, so that, I don't know what twenty nineteen right is. Where they hit their stride, um, mm-hmm. and then it was. It was, uh, like, those first few months, I think it started in, like, October. Yeah, it was October. Because it was right before Full Gear, they started TV. It was so chaotic. They had no idea which way was up. Everybody was, like, booking their own shit. Everybody had a had the book in their hand. Right. Uh, and it was before they consolidated. But I would still prefer that than the mm. shit we got going on now, where it's one person's vision and it's... It's become a one-size-fit-all to fulfill that. Right. So, funny enough, what's on my heart kind of jumps off of yours, but in a different perspective, right? Um, I feel, I agree with you on this was a hard week for AEW. Yeah. But I'm someone who believes it's necessary to have these. Necessary and to have bad weeks? I think it is because you do have to go through the growing pains. Like, you're not going to please everybody all the time. You're going to have to see the time where your fans are like, yo, 
we don't fucking want this. Like, you have to have those moments to a point. I don't feel like you need to have the Ric Flair's and shit. Like, let me clear this up. Ric Flair signing on no way, shape, or deal should have, one, had an announcement. Two, if you're going to do it, you tuck that shit the fuck away. Hide it. And even after reading it, it's not even that he's really a character. It's for his fucking energy drink. But still, you can't do a moral upstanding, Tony, of talking about Vince McMahon and his lovely charges of what he's, you know, been in trouble for. And then you go and sign Ric Flair, who legit had a Dark Side of the Ring episode about helicoptering his fucking penis to a goddamn air sewers. You can't do that. You, you can't, can't take the superiority complex. Complex. And, and then I sign think, Ric Flair. No, you can't. You can't because it's like perception, right? We talk about perception. You know, you touched on perception earlier. That perception is fucking nuts. That perception is fucking crazy. You can't talk about Vince and then go sign Ric Flair for anything. I don't give a fuck if it is just to have his fucking woo energy drinks at concessions. I don't care. You can't do that. I mean, if you it's want not to a be good a look. Carney and, and sign <laughs> Ric Flair... It's between you his and deal, your own guy. It's between you and your own guy. Isn't, but his you deal can't, isn't even that he's a TV act. It's full of energy shit. But still, you don't do it. Like it's, enough. Exactly. It's not worth it. It's just not. So, but the thing is, this is a five-year company. This is a company that's only been around for five years. You are going to have to bump your head. You're going to have to make fuck ups because every uh, here's the thing. And here's the reason why I don't. My issue is the kind of hyperbole of like, this is the demise. We've I've seen the demises of my favorite companies. Unfortunately, I've lived through it twice. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I watched the WCW. I watched ECW. I watched my favorite companies die in real time. This doesn't give me that same feeling, but it does give me this thing. And it's, it's made me look at some things, even over this last week. There are some booking choices that could have been made on Dynamite that changes this whole thing. And I will tell you what these things are. One, it is time for Jericho to go the fuck on break. I need him to go on break. Because you know why? You know what would have been great for that ending last week? Such an odd. Let me explain. Finish, yeah. You know, you know what would have been great last week? Why didn't we have MJF team with the elite after he just did the whole thing with Kenny on Saturday? You've earned, I've earned your respect. Can you be my partner? Because Kenny wants you. Kenny said it. I am rooting for you to win that belt. If we don't have a Golden Jets fucking tag match on Dynamite. Kenny can be one of MGF's three partners. I think you're kind of grasping at straws here. He, who was the first locker room that he went to when he went to knock on them? When no, he was into I, the first. I understand, segment. but like, but kind of breaking it down. Hold on, that it's Chris Jericho's fault. No, no, no. That this Tony is not. Made I'm not decision. No, no. I'm and, not blaming him. I'm pointing at different things in the booking which could be better, where it's just like there are better options. Well, but the said, thing is... You did say Chris Jericho needs to go on break. Well, let me explain also. The main reason why we got Big Show is why. Chris Jericho? <laughs> who's who's the person yeah. who's like, oh, who, Chris Jericho's been the person alluding to Big Show. 
Yeah, but that's the person also who, not Chris Jericho's call. But here's my thing. If you take Kenny out of this kind of weird little Chris Jericho thing, there's a there's a section of us as fans. We want the elite. We want that feeling. We want the elite. The elite are the main characters of Dynamite. Let's let's stop cutting the bullshit. As much as we love MJF, we want to see the elite actually doing shit. We don't want to see them in six man. Wait, we gotta take a pause. Okay. Okay. Um the elite are have been and are the focal points of dynamite. But you no, they have not. But but they were for a very long time. Like but when I say are and have been, I mean like they are top of the card. Like just right. because the programming isn't featured upon them every week doesn't mean they're not top of the card guys. Um, and they were the main event for a very long time. Like it right. changed. Like you, you, you have to change and keep it fresh. Let me say what. Let me rain. clean up. Let me clean up what I'm saying. To me, there are a bunch of little issues that are sprinkled in. Now there are there are key points where I think Tony is just pretty much going with this entertainment feel because of ratings and things is what you said, but I do think there are areas where things could be cleaned up where it just makes more linear sense. Like I don't mind the whole thing with the acclaim, but I think the issue is that became more entertainment than it became uh, interest in ring. Like I think it became more of segment based entertainment than it really needed to. Like I ain't had I had no problem with the whole Max Caster rubbing Max the first time they ever did that. I had no problem with that. I think they dragged it too long. The issue with AEW with a lot of their segments, they've been holding on to shit for too long. You kinda gotta let certain shit go. I.e. next strong. All right, we've had enough. We can let that go now. Like, I don't need oh, him yelling man. at him. I don't need him yelling Max. I don't need that right now. Yeah, now he's we yelling can let that go. His name. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Just give me fucking Roddy wrestling. <coughs> I don't really care about Roddy as a character. Just give me... I just want him wrestling at this point. The most interesting thing he did. You good? Just give me a thumbs up when you good. <laughs> I put it on you. You're fine. Alright, uh, the most interesting thing Roddy did recently was when he got up and did that jumping knee lift over that guy during collision. That's it. Like that's 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 the best thing that they can do. Is I like, don't look. think anybody thought that Roger Strong was going to come in to AEW to be a promo guy and not. No, but that's the thing. We want more wrestling. Like I get it. Right. Y'all want y'all doing more entertainment. We want more wrestling. Like get Roddy. Like, if anything, give me Roddy versus MJF before Full Gear or something. Give me something else. I don't want to see this whole thing with him in the kingdom anymore. I think the claim and MJF have run their circuit of that comedy thing. I don't need to see that no more. I think even the element of what's going on with Don Callis has became too much of entertainment, which is where I was getting with the Jericho thing. I don't think you needed to put Jericho with Kenny at any point for this Don Callis thing. I don't really see why that was for one match. Cool. I don't need a whole golden jets fucking thing. I don't need that. I have no problem with them ending it, but they don't need to have no fucking eight man tag or three, six man tag, whatever they're doing in two weeks. After this, I really want to see Kenny by himself. The truest thing is we don't get a lot of Kenny by himself. I don't think he really can anymore. Like, if we're going to keep it on it, like, I don't think he really has that ability. Not 
to to do a lot of singles matches in a year anymore. Like, I don't mind. Okay, except it but is. I think like the belt collector is like the last great singles run we're gonna get from Kenny Omega. But I look at this year. I like the Jeff Cobb match that he had on Dynamite. I like the Vikingo match. I like him and Mox. I like him and Kyle Fletcher. You could just give me basic shit. I don't need him to go out there and go balls to the wall. But I still don't. I still. I think even still, and he he does wrestle very physical style. He does, and I know that, and it's rough. But at the same point, it's just a fact of I don't really need to see the Kenny in the Jericho vortex thing. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I, I just don't. Jer- Kenny, and I, and this is this is what I meant by the Jericho thing. For me as a fan, for the last two years, I have said there is this Jericho fucking vortex that just drowns people, and it kind of gets annoying. Yeah, I mean a lot of yeah. This this has been a thing. It's been around. Like, but the truth is, it always gets. I think that is one example of. Uh, echo chamber on the internet shit because mm-hmm. it always gets people excited. Like everybody in the arena always loves seeing Jericho and whatever. I know. Do. And I think, you know, I don't think you needed him going like losing five straight matches to MJF and then winning one. I think that was very stupid. And to this day, I will always say the pinnacle should have won and dismembered the inner circle. Yeah, I mean, it's that like, shit that made more sense like that, but I think that beyond that, it's always worked. He's, I he's think, I, like, that my was thing the is this: I remember like somebody coming out of a feud worse. Actually, the Adam Cole, thing. Eddie, Eddie, no, Eddie did I, not. Eddie did not. Remember, he Eddie lost the Shark Tank match. Eddie did not come out as great as he did he after did, Revolution pay per view, though, and he came out of there really hot. He went on pay-per-view the first match. That thing went all the way to July and Jericho won. And then, then Eddie had the match with Sammy at, at fucking Arthur Ashe and it didn't go great. Like, Eddie's momentum kind of stalled after Jericho. No, Eddie always had it going. I'm, I'm telling you. Where was the CM Punk feud mixed in? The was CM really Punk hot. was before that. That was full gear. Him and Jericho was at Revolution. After that, because I was at that show. That was the same show MJF and Punk did the dog collar. And then the first match was Eddie and Jericho. And I love the fact that Eddie won. Everybody was up for it. But then that's when it turned into, then they did the blood and guts. I thought it would be great to end it at blood and guts. But then they did that Shark Tank match, and that kind of dragged a little bit. And then him and Sammy, and then we started to see Eddie on TV less. Uh, But the Shark Tank match wasn't on pay-per-view. It was on Dynamite for that Shark Week thing, but then after that, it was Grand Slam with him and Sammy, and then Eddie's momentum kind of went down. Like, to me, Ricky, Ricky didn't come out better from the Jericho thing. Jericho, that thing dragged, too. Adam Cole dragged. Fucking, to me, MJF, he did not really come out better from the Jericho feud. Eddie did not come out better from this Jericho feud. Jericho's views recently have not been beneficiary. Yeah. Maybe Hobbs recently, because Hobbs just squashed the Hobbs, fuck out yeah. of him. 
But outside of that, we look at like, they're more beneficial to him than they are to anybody else. It is, and that's where I'm just like, I kind of need that. Like, I do need them to step away from the entertainment, and I think the entertainment aspect, and I think having the majority of your fan base say some shit of just like, yo, what the fuck are y'all doing? Right. To well, me, I mean, now, Con is very online. Right, so I'm like, you didn't avoid that. Also, I might not agree with you fully with Collision, because I actually quite enjoyed Collision. But in regards to certain things, I was like, there are certain elements of Collision where I enjoy, like Swerve and AR fighting while the pyro's going off and that whole thing down the ramp and their style of match. I love that. I'm looking at the card this week, and the card this week is what I want. It's a buffet. It's kind of like a fucking different smorgasbord. We have the fucking big-ass kaiju fight. We have the fucking technical wrestler with whoever the fuck you want to label MJF as. We have lucha and street acrobatics is what I call swerve. We have, we have a we'll bunch there. of different. I want to talk about I even like, things you mentioned because that's also on my heart. Um, but I think... I'm very interested to see where it goes from here. I don't think you could just do one, two, three weeks, especially since we do have full gear next Saturday. Is it next Saturday? Yeah, it's next Saturday. So it's like you have a chance now. Your fans gave you already the words that we are not feeling certain shit. You have two weeks of TV and you have a pay-per-view. If there's any time for y'all to get y'all shit together... I mean, the pay-per-views are always going to be great. So, like, everybody's always going to leave pay-per-views feeling splendid. Of course. And not going to lie. They're wrestlers with a lot of time to wrestle whatever yeah. style they want to wrestle. That That is still valid. People, the wrestlers are still allowed to uh, of course. do what they please in the ring. Uh, yes. It's... I, the other thing that it was like the first time I've ever seen on an AEW show is like the episode was like self-contained like uh there was a there was an opening storyline that was tied up by the end of the episode yeah it was less you know linear and chapter like um yeah like every every monday night raw episode is the same it mm-hmm. opens with uh like a call to action and then it ends with that call to action being resolved one way or another pretty much yeah is AEW, the cult action can happen to any time and is usually resolved at a pay-per-view. And this is the first right. time it happened and ended in the same episode, which is very WWE style. And it's the first time I've ever seen it happen that way. And, and I think... That's what is ahead. most alarming to fans, I think. Like, why you right. get kind of the skies falling, demise, hyperbole, is mm-hmm. not that, like, it's been bad episodes. It's no, they've completely gone away from their identity, and yeah, now but, take a strong pivot to get mm-hmm. back to the identity that they used to cherish and pride themselves on. But I don't think it's hard to make that strong pivot. Like I don't think, like I don't think they're in a place where they the don't. Outside looking in, bro. I mean, here's the reason why I don't say that. I don't. I don't feel that way. There was a point where ECW had to make a pivot, right, on their weekly television program, and it was really due to their uh, the the people that was running the TV organization. And they found ways to basically take shots at the people that was running the TV company 
<laughs> on national TV to be like, well, screw you guys because the way you're doing it. Um, they did find a way, but they just didn't have the money and backing to do it the way they wanted to do it. I think, honestly, there is a way. I think there's two, there's two, three major things they have to address. One, Collision needs an identity. That's the issue with Collision. I think there's some identity. Like, well, I mean, but the, there's the opening promos, which are... Well, I mean, the identity of... Identity, it's something that differentiates it from Dynamite, see, at least. You see how you said, um, for a long time, the Elite were like the main focus of yeah. Dynamite. or the, the issue is Collision's only six months old. And in the six months, we went from it being the CM Punk show to it kind of being Daniel Bryan's show, but he's hurt. So where the fuck do you go? And I think the way Rampage now has its identity, like, you know, Friday nights for an hour, you getting some shit. Like, you going to get some shit. It's going to be really good. Dynamite, I mean, Rampage has built that identity. I do think you need to build an identity for Collision that's solidified, not just about a character, but just about the type of what the... What kind of content are you going to get? I think from Dynamite, they have to reestablish identity that I think they need to understand what their fans want. Their fans don't want none of that WWE shit. Nobody wants that from you. It's funny that Rampage has become like the the, the AEW diehards show. Not just because like only AEW diehard <laughs> fans watch it, but because there's no time to fuck around in an hour. So that's now... Like, if you want the AEW fell in love with, you have to watch Rampage. To me, that's all you have to make Dynamite. Like, the thing that I used to love about Dynamite, they had no time to fuck around. Like, it was jam-packed one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. Like, it was just like, boom, bam, bam. Like, you didn't know two hours flew by. By the time the main event comes, you're like, shit, it's 940 already? Fuck. (laughs) Yeah, I missed that. And I think they have to get back to that. And I think it is, it's not, I don't think it's impossible. Do I think it will take some work? Yes. But you have the roster that can make it happen. Just fucking do it. There is no excuse to that. Like, honestly, and that's the thing a lot of people have been getting on to them is like, y'all have the roster. Like, people was pointing at the Wednesday coming up and being like, see, well, that's why the you have the roster. Can be good. Uh, I do, speaking of roster, because I want to get your thoughts mm-hmm. on this, is yeah. Big Show is so baffling to me because mm-hmm. it does nothing for nobody. But nobody. nobody is tuning in for the Big Show, so it's not like mm-hmm. you can even make that argument. Like Anybody who loved the Big Show in WWE isn't tuning over to AEW to watch the Big Show. Um, no. It, they loved Big Show in WWE, so they're going to keep watching WWE because WWE is going to produce another Big Show. Um, so also, not, is this like his first Dynamite match? He had a few dark matches. I think this is—he's never had a match on Dynamite. He's definitely had a match on Dynamite. No, he's never. This is yeah, his no, first I don't match think. Yeah, I said he had a few on Dark, but I think this is yeah. his first one on Dynamite. I know um, he's had one in All Out, but and it does. Yeah, it doesn't. It does nothing for nobody because it doesn't bring any viewers over. Like I can't, no. I can't see that argument at all. No. Which if if first that should be the end. If like, oh, this is not going to increase the quality of our show or no. bring in viewers, 
then like that's the end of that idea. Um, but yeah. also, if Big Show wins, it's Powerhouse Hobbs getting squashed. Not not like he may not win in a squash, but I'm saying it's Powerhouse Hobbs <laughs> getting buried where he's getting beaten by a retired old dude. Like he's not gonna he's not gonna get a rub. Like he's not gonna get a boost. And if he Big Show loses, then Powerhouse Hobbs he beat an old dude who hasn't wrestled on TV in five years, six years. Um, something like that. I want no, not five. I want to say two and a half because he wrestled Drew McIntyre right after he won the belt at the pandemic WrestleMania. Um, yeah, sorry. And he's um, like, he's fucking, and he's also built like Mister Krabs now. Like it's not. like there's no reason for Big <clears throat> Show to beat Powerhouse. <clears throat> There's no reason for Powerhouse to beat Big Show. It does <laughs> for nobody. It doesn't raise the stock of either side. <clears throat> I'm sorry. The Mr. Crab shit took me to Because <laughs> you know what's funny? I was like, damn, was Big Show always bow-legged or am I bugging the yeah. fuck out? <laughs> um, overalls, too. <laughs> so here's the weird thing, right? Because today's, um, um, let me see, if I'm not mistaken, next week, Sunday, Jericho is facing Takeshita in Budokan Hall for DDT. Yeah. So, the match would be the 15th, because it's not going on the pay-per-view. So, which, I will say this, thank God at least it's not on the pay-per-view. I'm fine with that because I would be pissed if it was on the pay-per-view. Um, to me, there really isn't crazy amounts to get. The only thing I could see is like a cool image is powerhouse hitting a, like a spine buster or the world's strongest slam on big show. Like just for like a moment, but I don't really give a fuck. So to me, I think you are, bringing Big Show to lose because they haven't beaten this team. Like, they haven't beaten this team. Like, to me, they are setting... Like, okay, to me, real quick. There is something very interesting about the Young Bucks whole personality with fucking Jericho in the locker room, which seems to feel more of like... They're going to lead the match between Bucks and Golden Jets. I was not hoping for that, but I'm not going to lie. On well, predictions, you are like one for one right now with the Kenny <laughs> shotgun booking. Um, but I was more of like them leaning more heel, like young bucks more heel, which is to me is the best young bucks is heel bucks. Like that's that's their bread and butter when they're dickheads is when the young bucks are at their sweetest. So, but I think it is this thing of like, they're, like Kenny's never gonna be this group. Like Kenny's not gonna beat Takeshita because he hasn't. This is what his third gonna be his fourth match against this group, and he is yet to win. He didn't win it all out. I mean, all in. It doesn't matter. Big Show loses. It means nothing. 
Yeah. He's, he's my whole thing is in years. You could have left this Jericho, Kenny, Coda versus Hobbs, Takeshita, Kyle Fletcher. I didn't understand what was the point of Big Show. I don't get it. My only thing is, unless you're going to have Big Show just get destroyed by Powerhouse Hobbs and Ragdoll, that's all I'm here for. I just want to see Powerhouse Hobbs on TV somewhere. That's it. But I don't really give a fuck in the case of this match. But at the end of the day, this has to be it. Like, this has to be it. Like, we don't want to see no more shit like this. Like, if there's one thing, if you are someone who has tapped in Tony Khan to your fucking fan base online, this is it. We don't want to see no more shit like this. Once Sting retire and after this match, we don't want to see no more shit. Look, we gave Christian a break because Christian has been fucking entertaining as a heel. (laughs) Give Christian his due. WWE, even though he's a WWE guy, WWE never liked him. <laughs> he was never a WWE guy that they liked. But like he was a guy that they would rather still a wrestler. Right. So that's the thing where it's TV like regularly. Right. And storylines. He lost. He won. But so that's why I'm like, I, I take Christian whatever. And when I'm looking at people nostalgia, I'm not even looking at Christian. I'm not counting him right now. This Sting thing, I'm cool with Sting getting the ride off into the sunset because, to me, Sting doesn't feel WWE. To me, Sting still feels like the remnants of WCW. Like, he feels like the last thing of... I I think Sting is not WWE. Which I think is why people's cool with it. Yeah, People don't mind it. So, after this, keep them old niggas over there. I don't Want to see him? I'm cool with Edge getting the match here, there, whatever. But the rest of them old motherfuckers keep them over there. I don't want to see him. I love the fact I'm getting to see Daniel Garcia these last week or two, and I'm gonna see more. I love the fact I'm about to see another Lance Archer match. Where the fuck has he been? Like, yeah, like, the, like you know what I'm saying? I really love if I'm gonna get Jake the Snake cutting more. <clears throat> I'm all for it. I think a uh, stable with a Lance Archer, the Kingdom, and Righteous Jake the Snake. Oh, the Righteous, excuse me, and mm-hmm. Jake the Snake is really cool. Uh, I it, I was so shocked that I was like, "This is intriguing," and I've never thought about it. Like right. this actually kind of works. It was one of yeah. I mean, it was it was a classic AEW idea of like, "Oh, this actually mm-hmm. works." I, I hope. That Vincent gets some time to cut promos because he's yes. really good on the mic and he has a really interesting character and he has a really strong understanding of his character. Yes. So I'm I'm hoping he's able to express that. Me too. He's, he's done the the cult leader like Manson esque mm-hmm. character way better than anybody else I've seen. In in wrestling, besides Bray Wyatt in the Wyatt family, which is crazy because they was in FCW together and they're friends, so it's like it makes sense that you that. two would be a yeah. Um, no, I never knew that. If I'm not sure if it's Vincent or the other guy, uh, what's his name? Um, the big dude, the one that does the big boss man slam. Yeah, the other part. Oh, they were both in FCW um, with Bray. Like that's why they're friends. They were close friends. So. Like I, they had put up a post when Bray died, 
about that. So <clears throat> it makes sense. It's like, oh, of course you guys are perfect at this fucking cult leader shit. You guys are in the same fucking friend circle. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> it makes perfect. So it's like those things I'm interested in. Like, honestly, there are certain things where I'm like, I have interest in, but it's just like, I need y'all to keep, it's like, now I need y'all to really be on it. Like, I, I really do. Because, like, right now for the TBS championship, I don't know if I'm the only person that sees this, but I think it's going to be a four-way. Yeah. Like, know. it looks like it's going to be, it looks like it's going to be Julia, Willow, Sky, and Chris. Julia, Willow, Sky. Sky, and Chris. Okay. Like, because they've all been circling, like, this sure. whole Julia. But, like, I can't get invested because they're on TV for seven minutes a week, whether it's in a match or a segment. And, I mean. Like, I just. And it's not their fault. Like, I just, like, yeah, sure, they probably are. But, like, this Julia Hart thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Julia Hart misting Willow kind of it kind of not wasn't dropped but it ended with a moot point of like willow was able to beat the mist but that didn't happen in any interesting emphatic way it was just one week she had it and the next week she's like i've been able to overcome it uh the doctor i took some antibiotics and it cleared the spooky dust yeah. away, which was spooky dust was a is a direct quote by the way. Right? <laughs> that's not me like pulling some bullshit. Like that's no, I didn't take it that way. Things she said, and, and, and I just took it as Willow being too much of a goody two shoes. Like Willow is just like I'm uncorruptible because I'm just so public. Like I took it as that. There's no growth in that. Like and if there isn't. If it happened in a moment. Uh, in a storytelling moment, then there would have been growth. Even if her character doesn't turn, there's still growth yeah. in her character that she was faced with an obstacle and overcame it. It was yeah. just one week I had it, and the next week I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm good to go. It kind of feels like more Sky got that development because Sky is still kind okay, of and like... Sky is a separate story, and yes, Sky mm-hmm. gets a moment, but like the next week she's back in like a segment backstage around the interviewer just sort of talking like talking about the thing that happened last week yeah but not really explaining anything it's just i'm not disagreeing i'm just like it's just turning its fucking wheels i'm not disagreeing like the issue is there are a lot of things turning their wheels i do think they need to step away from the entertainment have you cut down on how many entertainment segments there are yep you have way more time to do other shit. Yep. But instead, we're going to get Jeff Jarrett on fucking television again. No, no. We're not. We're, please, instead, please. We're gonna get Big no. Show on television again. Listen. Instead, we're going to get Ric Flair on fucking television. Here's again. where we're going to end this. And we're going to put a button in this right now. We're going to put a pin in this. Go to our discussion. To come topic. back to this. Yes. But we're going to put a pin in this to come back because I'm going to see. We're going to go this way. I'm saying after that Big Show match. Cut the bullshit, Tony. Cut the shit, Tony. I don't know if I sound like Jade, but cut the shit, Tony. No more bullshit. Let's get to some real shit that we came here for. I know you feel like, hey, I don't know if they can make that pivot, but we will visit this back next month before you go to Wrestle Kingdom, and we will see if we have had... Hmm? Nice little tease in there, Jack going to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, what Jack a going to Wrestle Kingdom. What a problem. But 
I'm gonna get, I'm getting the hang of it. But <laughs> we will come back right before you go to Wrestle Kingdom, and right before, you know, I still gotta get the tickets. But before I go to Wrestle Dream, I mean, Rest, uh, World's End. I said Wrestle Dream. Before I go to World's End, we will see if there's change, you and we can, will discuss it. You think I can get a press badge for uh, Wrestle Kingdom <laughs> on the back of the podcast? <laughs> what money you think we got here, brother? We're running on hopes and dreams. <laughs> running on hopes and dreams. Like, hey, I'm already going to be the show. Let me do you a favor, New Japan. At this point. And cover listen, it for the American fan base. We are getting paid very little. Like, it's we don't even have Lucha Underground contracts, okay? <laughs> we don't have Lucha Underground contracts. <laughs> we are in the seat of our pants, brother, but... um. Yeah, let's get to this discussion topic. So what's what did you think of the uh, <laughs> matches? First, let's so, run down the list of the matches. Yeah. You. Um, I, have to, I have them all right here. So I actually ended up sending you four, mm-hmm. um, with the fourth being a bonus. The three main ones I sent you were the, the Circle Six, Bobby yes. Beverly versus Akira, Schlack versus Adula Kobayashi, because I wanted to give mm-hmm. Adula some love. Uh, that was in GCW. And then Rick the Boy Diva versus Penelope Ford at No Ring Death Match in uh, in in Brooklyn at uh, Tender Trap. Which shout right. out Casanova Valentine. I didn't include one of his matches, but those are his shows. And he came up with the concept and he's amazing. Um, Ca- I don't know if you watched the fourth one. I watched all of them. You watched them? Okay. The fourth okay. one was, which was also Casanova Valentine's Tender Trap No Ring Death Match shows. Zack Sabre Jr. versus yeah, Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor. Which is a real thing that happened. Go YouTube that. They had a real, everybody, they had a real match inside of a bar. Now, the funny thing is, that last one, it is not a death match. There's nothing hardcore, but it's Zack Sabre Jr. That's why I was like, this is weird. And then I was watching the match. I was like, this is nothing. It's just him, what, spit a beer? That's it? That's like the most hardcore thing. Arm bar I- over the bar. That that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Quick side note: that's in William. That was in Williamsburg, right? Tender Trap. I, I want to say it's like when. Oh. So funny enough, I used to work by Tender Trap, and I had no clue. Like I had, I was working over there during all of these times of these recordings. I had no idea that this shit yeah. was happening. Yeah. yeah, I actually opened the Whole Foods that was in the, that area. I used to work there as a custodian. Oh, okay. But um, I mean, I think if if you're doing a match with no ring in a bar, it qualifies as a death match. So let's get to the first one, right? Okay. The um, Akira the, versus Bobby Be- Beverly. When I seen that it was called Ultimate Kumite, I was just like, "All right," I'm like confused i just see boards right i want people to understand this image there's just boards and what looks like a circle of glass yeah. and i'm just like what the fuck where are we going right i sent jack a screenshot of like my notes from the akira uh is it bobby beverly yeah bobby beverly match and he just was laughing and said the word perfect um First thing that caught me off guard, they tried to do like a suplex. And you see people stall a suplex and they kick and then he land and one of the floorboards fucking break instantly. And I said, what the fuck does Jack have me watching where the floorboard just breaks on a stall of a damn suplex? I'm like, what the fuck? 
the thing that caught me off guard after that, and it was one of my questions, and it, it, it's going to be one of my nitpicks with death matches. Akira goes and grabs an armbar and just drops straight down to the ground to get this armbar on this guy, like while the guy's standing. But Akira is back, is just straight in glass. And I said, what the fuck is that about? Like, why would you instantly hurt yourself? Like, I don't even understand it. Well, I guess, no, I got The idea is that there's nothing in this (laughs) match that can be done without the chance of injury. Oh, we shall visit it in a second. Because right after that, there's an electric chair spot. Like, he puts Bobby Beverly on the shoulders in the corner. And he does an electric chair spot straight into the glass onto the woods. Here's where everything came to my mind. I did not understand why the fuck they were wrestling in the crowd. In the dark. Like, it was going to be more painful than whatever the fuck I watched them do in a ring. Because... That is possibly one of the most gnarliest matches I've ever seen. <laughs> like, we're going to get to the Abdullah one afterwards, because that one I have my own gripes with. <laughs> but the floorboard, first of all, <laughs> Akira uses the glass tubes on the back of this, on this man's knees. Like, he is just trying to cut any tendon that this man has. He uses the floorboard to stomp on this man's knees. There's a giant box of fucking light tubes handed to him. And I want to know who the fuck kept giving him light tubes. Nah. Who the fuck kept giving them boxes? Do you know how many light tubes come in a fucking box that big? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the image of him just taking it like like it's a cartoon. Like almost like a cartoon magic. Bro. Where he's just taking light tubes out and smashing them. Like a never-ending supply one after another. Like, I know we're doing a podcast, and I can't do this. I can't physically show this properly. But the way this man, the way this man was, like, windmilling arm in arm. If you've ever seen Simpsons, and there's a part where Bart is just swinging his arms in, like, a windmill, (laughs) just walking towards Lisa. And he's just windmilling fucking light tubes. Watch, watch, watch. It sounds like gunshots just kept going off multiple times like it sounded like a west side gun fucking song with all the boom 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 just just ad-libs of just glass breaking um one thing i did say is akira have you ever watched you've watched ecw have you watched ecw i've watched um a little ecw okay he gives me to jerry mixed with masada tanaka vibes a little bit like he gives me like if both of them were a little bit combined i see that yeah because he kind of has that little fist like the little uh striking vibe to him right. but also his violence is just very much tanaka where it's yeah. just like like there was a point where he was just taking to like they were taking light tube shots to the fucking head like it was nothing but then there was a point where, like, one or two of them tried to put their hands up. I'm like, brother, we're deep into the match. Your blood is soaked onto these wood boards. There's no reason to cover it at this point. <laughs> Just take the fucking shot. Um, I again, right here in my notes, who the fuck is who the fuck is giving them more fucking light tubes? All these fucking light tubes to the fucking head is in my notes. Um, there was a 
brain buster on the broken floorboards and i thought somebody's fucking neck was gonna break i was like what are we doing what it was like bobby beverly gave him a fucking brain buster and the floorboard broke right as soon as like, he landed i was just like what are we doing like <laughs> what what are we doing i think akira started eating glass like the guy was trying to cut his head and he started eating the glass and i'm like what is your insurance like sir like what what insurance coverage do you have where you can go to a doctor's office after and they don't look at you like you like you're a fucking maniac? I mean I think um, also what like I love about deathmatch wrestling is that these guys are doing it like just for the love of the game. Listen, I love they a lot of games. They believe in this style so so wholeheartedly. You got to love you that they don't care about anything any of the consequences or the insurance or what they do or don't have they just i care for you right i care for you brother it's like god they they, there was a point akira's like in the corner arms is just by his side unprotected light tube shot there had to be 10 to 12 of these motherfuckers just pass 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 like like not throughout the match no, he's legit in the corner, like arms down to the side, like a dead body. Just mind you, bleeding like a stuffed pig, just pouring blood, just bosh, bosh. And I'm just like, yo, I'm watching this in the middle of the day. What the <laughs> fuck is my life become? Um, I was then they start grabbing tubes by the fours. And I was just yeah, like, bundle. OK, we got to cut it bundle. out. That's we that's the was grabbing that. light tube bundles by the fucking fours and i was just like all right we gotta cut it out we gotta cut it the fuck out when you're using three four of these motherfuckers at the same time but we're gonna come back to that in the next match <laughs> okay that duel match <laughs> we're gonna come back to that i like the shining wizards through the dude tubes with kira hit him with like the shining wizard knee yeah. like with that that was pretty cool now let's talk about this next part, right? Because I thought this shit already looked like a horror movie before this and, next and, part. And then they went into the ending, which is always the hardest part of a death match because it's like, how do you end this now? Right, like you, mind you, these people are kicking out of shit, like getting hit upside the head with all of these lights. They're kicking out, so I'm like, I don't even know how you can end this, right? So I see somebody, like, you just hear a popping of light tubes just randomly. And it's just, like, you see somebody coming, and they're taking the stuff off the, off the fucking ring. And I'm like, what, what's going on? The ring, yeah. yeah, they're taking the boards off the ring. And I see something shiny underneath the fucking ring board. And I'm like, that's not a bed of fucking Bob Boy, right? And then they removed it. And it's a whole fucking web of Bob Boy. And I said, what the fuck am I watching? What the fuck does Jack have me watching? What is this shit? <laughs> because I'm just so confused. They ended up jousting with, <laughs> with light tubes like for two or three times. And then Akira jumps on Bobby Beverly's back to like try to choke him out. And Bobby Beverly jumps backwards or turning backwards into the bed of barbed wire to end the match. That is sickening. That Which is I'm disturbing. glad they ended the match there. Because, yes. like, that's one of those things, I mean, like, if, you, that's if it. you keep that going, which I've seen death matches do, like, the crowd's just out of it then. Because it's like, all right, this is just kind of, there's nothing yeah. more that can happen. No. 
that that right there, you can't do nothing. You can't do nothing beyond that. Like that's it. Like that should be the spot that ends the match. And that was. And I think out of all the matches you sent me, that one's probably the best one. That's the one yeah. where I would say that's the best one. Um, uh, can we get a five star rating? Ooh, this is hard for me because I like hardcore matches. Like I like some hardcore matches. Uh, I mean, it's like some hardcore like death style matches. This one I would give like I say like a four, four out of five, four out of five. I give it a four out of oh, five. All right, on the on the death match rating for me because it's hard. I got some fives now. I'm gonna have to send you some of my favorites for sure. And we do that. What? Wait, how much of Lucha Underground have you seen? A fair amount. Okay, well we won't go there. How much of ECW shit have you seen? A little. Less have you ever seen a Have you ever seen a Mike Awesome match? Yeah. Him and Tanaka. I I, I think I've not definitely not all of them. I think I've seen one. Okay, I, I got some. I got some. I got some. Maybe even some early Taz joints. I might have to say. We gonna get there. Um, then we went to Shellac and Abdullah. Match. Kobayashi, Abdullah Kobayashi. Abdullah Kobayashi, excuse me. GCW, first of all, GCW's first tour of Japan. Right. Thank you, sir. The first thing that caught me off guard is these motherfuckers start biting the light tubes. Yeah, that's like Abdullah's thing. Is like he eats light tubes. Like he starts every match and just like bites a fucking light tube. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? First of all, let me tell you what happened that fucked me up. I mean, they walked to the ring. I had never seen a ring set up with light tubes in the rope, so I didn't understand what the fuck was the setup like that. I was like, what's what's the setup? Like, how are you supposed to... And then threw them into the ropes, and it started to burst, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay, I got it now. This is just crazy. Yeah. Um, to set the stage, it's every... The ropes have all have, like, 10 light tubes. I want to say, like, 12... Like a tap, but, 10 to 12 light tubes yeah. kind of tied, I guess, onto mm-hmm. the ropes. Yeah. So you can just run into them or you can rip them off. Abdullah rips one off and, and eats it. And then Schleck. Schleck rip. So you're really supposed to bite the middle. Like that's Abdullah's bit as you bite. He was the biting the end. To do anything. Yeah. So he bit the middle and then he started snacking on it like it was a piece of celery. And I was just like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? I'm like, brother. You can't get. I'm like, no, no, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it to eat the glass like it's fucking sugar candy. Like we can't be doing that. So he did that. So he he did he did did that twice. twice. (laughs) I did have a general question. I want to know how much how often these deathmatch wrestlers get like STD and blood tests done because I I have general questions. There's a lot of there's a lot of fluids mixing in them rings. If you chewing on shit, spinning at people, you got blood everywhere. I I, I just generally concerned about people's health. <laughs> I'm just like I just wonder how often do they do these examinations? I mean, because it's just like often. It's kind of like they how like porn to. stars get tested all the time and are like the cleanest people. I mean, you have to, right? Similar for these guys, yeah. Um, I mean, they started holding the tubes on the other man's head. And then headbutting it. And I was like, okay, this is different. The shit that really caught me off guard. There's this little weird ass needle that came out of fucking nowhere. And I'm like, where did this needle? They start stabbing each other with this needle in the head. And I said, what 
in the fuck is going on? <laughs> this is a lot. Have you seen a, an Abdullah Kobayashi match before? This is my first time. Okay. So yeah, this was like exploration into a different here. world. What about yeah. like how cut up his body is? Like the scars. His forehead look ridiculous. Yeah. His back it's, looks it's like braille. Like I don't know why about his chest specifically. Because yeah. <clears throat> you don't like, see a lot of people scarred up on the chest like that. Right. Because most wrestlers take the bumps on their back or, you know, yeah. cut their forehead. Right. So that was crazy. And then after they started doing the coin, there was a part where Slacks is his name, right? Yeah. He like lined up like four tubes on him in the corner, and he did this big running form smash into him. And I was just like, another thing that concerns me with all these light tubes, all the mercury that must be in that goddamn <laughs> ring. Like that is dangerous. <laughs> I'm like, yo, y'all ain't sick. Like how y'all get sick? Of this? There are there are light tubes like that that don't have mercury in them. Oh, okay. So maybe that's why. Um, that's that's my ignorance. I'm hoping, but that's my ignorance. That's just my first thought, because I don't know. Um, freaking Adula Kobayashi doing this elbow drop with putting like three, four light tubes. Mind you, this is a big man. This isn't like a small man. This is a very, very big man. Yeah. Like, Build like a sumo big. Rubber. Pretty much. Putting four light tubes on the like under his arm while he's doing like Elbow drop on the man on the floor, and I'm just like, "Yo, what is going on? Like that looks so painful. You got to be demented. Well, I mean, they're deathmatch wrestlers, so you got to be a little crazy <laughs> to think of this stuff." But then they start. He threw like he grabbed like a bundle, more than a bundle. He had to grab like a whole rope's worth of like ten light tubes and just chucks it at homie. And I was just like, yo, this is wild. And this also backs up what I said in the last episode. I can't go to a show and pay for a death match because I want to be up up close to these shows. But I know there's going to be glass that fucking flying everywhere. <laughs> just, it just feels like it's one of them the things. The press guys have, like, uh, some of them have uh, goggles on. I need more than that. Like I, need, <laughs> I can't. I need more than that. My luck. Who the fuck knows? I get some Final Destination crap probably happened to me if I mess around and go to one of the shows. The superplex onto the glass was a, was crazy. Then they start just throwing bundles of of light tubes at each other. Yeah, I mean, and just then the visual, the visual of these two guys, like you know, sumo scarred up, Kobe and a bodybuilder. And Schlack, who built like a pug or or a bulldog who got hit with like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ooze, came to life and like mm-hmm. went through a really hardcore crust punk phase. Yep. Like this dude has drunk tattooed across his belly. It's wild. Yeah. And it's in Japan, and so you have all these putting forks into each other's heads. Oh my god, I forgot about the fucking fork part. When he put the fork in his head, I said, I just yelled. Ah. I just yelled. Like, I know one of my roommates heard me, because I just yelled. I said, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> so, that one was good. If I had to give that on a, on a scale, i say a three. Yeah. 
I mean, I really love the story they tell because, uh, you know, Abdullah's an OG of the game. Um, mm. Match game. Schlack is, uh, or at least at the time, his like stock has kind of fallen off a bit, but he was one of the biggest stars on the American deathmatch scene. Right. And so like the story of uh, passing of the torch, wrestling your hero that starts with like Abdullah bites the loot light tube mm. as a classic. And then Schlack yeah. him and then Abdullah breaks out the fork. And so Schlack break or, and then Schlack brings out two forks and like yeah. to one up his hero that eventually ends up with Schlack beating him and Abdullah getting on the mic and going, Schlack, I love you. <laughs> like, the I one thing I will really say, cool and beautiful. That love that was like very small, but it's something I love. I like love small intricacies in matches. I love the fact that Abdullah, when he went to pin him for the pin that won the match, it was the way he pinned him where he put all his body weight down. Yeah. Like how he leaned on it. I was like, I'm happy somebody who's big just knows how to fucking win a match after you've yeah. done wore somebody out for a match. Right. And like there was only like three pins, which for the for yeah. the match is like the correct amount of pins. Like we were talking about the last match, like you don't want to have too many pins. No. Um Okay. I said I said Schlack one before, Abdullah one before, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Abdullah won, not Schlack. But yeah, three pins is like the correct amount of pins. Because like, yeah. you never want to lose yourself. It's like, well, why aren't they pinning them after every fucking thing that happens? Because yeah. this is the most radical shit we've ever seen. And there's so much violence, it would make sense for them just to pin every time. So to only have three puts it into the correct context. It also gives me <clears throat> a sense of understanding of pain tolerance. Because you're going through some yeah. painful shit. But so, so to do some shit where it's like, this is high-end enough to go for a pin, it definitely puts me in that mindset of understanding. Um, next is Rick the Diva. Uh, Rick the Boy Diva versus Penelope Ford. A baby this Penelope one wasn't for, Ford. This one wasn't for me. This is a pre-AEW Penelope Ford. This, 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 one, this mm-hmm. is where we lose you. Yeah, this is where you lost me. This is where you lost me. Like the splits thing in the middle of the crowd. The I, I, I was just like, no. Like the coolest thing is the ending of like Penelope on Rick's back and Rick jumping off the stage through the table. But it looked like Penelope ate shit on that, on that move. Like it looked like she really got the worst end of that move. It just wasn't for me. It just... It's funny, though, because it does go into the next one, which is in the same location, I think, uh, which is the Zach Sabre Jr. versus Chuck Taylor, which I... So we're moving straight on here? I would give... I'm going to talk about both of them, and I'm going to tell you why I like one and not the other. Okay. Um, To me... It was funny. It's kind of I, I find the Chuck Taylor one funny because like how Zack Saber Jr. I think it was Zack Saber Jr. It might have been Chuck. One of them was like, "Someone told me there'd be a ring here." And it was like how it started off, and I like kind of Zack still being Zack in this match. 
Also, it's very weird to watch a very young, happy-looking Chuck Taylor. Like, he looks like he's has so much life and vigor in him. And I'm just like, boy, that has died off. Um, oh, wait, no, these were two different uh, shows, actually. Did two different venues? Two same venue, different shows. Oh, okay. But, um... Well, also, great booking. Like, if you're gonna yeah. have... Like, these were the two perfect wrestlers for, like, to have this type of match in this yes. setting. Like, Zack Sabre Jr., who's, you know, got that whole spiteful British thing going on. Exactly. Uh, is very funny, and also, like, it, it's great in the oddball way. Like, I'm saying in the oddball matches, like, you would never imagine these type of wrestlers in this situation. For these type of, to have that type of match of wrestlers yes. that go along in a deathmatch match. Zack Sabre Jr. and Chuck Taylor were the perfect choice. And it was so crazy to me because I was just like, I was not expecting to see these two names when you said it to me. Yeah, I liked it. I even like how he hit the, there's like a kick drum that Chuck hits one point and it like hits the drum and it's like Zack's face is right in front of it. So it hits him. I do like the interaction with the crowd. I do like the interaction with the bar. There's I think Zack does. so fucking comical. Just objectively hilarious about Chuck Taylor and Zack Sabre Jr. getting into a like a hand lockup in the middle of a uh, and, uh, and even a, they do a collar and elbow lock uh, lockup too mm-hmm. in the middle of a mosh pit that's refereed by Rick the Boy Diva. <laughs> that part was hilarious to me. I was like, all right, on a comedy scale. Just based on comedy alone, this this match is like a four comedy wise. Now, if I had to give on comedy, like in the sense <clears throat> of like pro wrestling, is something that can be created anywhere. And yes, that um, idea or that um, strain of the art form, that detail of the art form. This is such a wonderful example of that. I would give this match, just to be honest, a two point five. Okay. The Penelope now, match on like the death match scale. Yeah, okay. maybe it that, it might be a two because it's not really death match. It's like I need some gruesomeness for some death match. Um, well, then what would you get? It, give it on like a regular scale. Maybe like a one point five. Okay. Penelope gets a one. The Penelope Ford, uh, Penelope Ford versus Rick the Boy Diva. That's a one. Just what's what's the reasoning? I know you said it's not for you, but we need a bit more than that. Like, like for some reason, something just kept taking me out of it. Like I was trying to really be there for it. Like you know, I'm tr- I'm like I'm giving it a shot, right? But it's like one, I've never really been crazy. Like it's not a shot against her. I've just never been crazy about Penelope before. Like she's cool, but it's never really something great. that captured me. I mean, I think the most underrated match in AEW's history was. Uh, Penelope Ford versus Sheeta uh, at I think it was double or nothing in in the empty stadium. Yes, um, I mean that was an incredible match. I don't think Penelope Ford mm. ended up there. Her just do. I think she's a really I'm just, good wrestler. I'm just never really been crazy about her. So it's like this is even her earlier. So my brain is really like I'm trying. But then there's just certain things like 
there's just not like the spanking with the belt. I'm just like, eh. The bear spot. I'm like, okay, that's cool. The refs was a little weird to me. Like they kind of took me out of it. Oh, Boulevard bullies. Yeah, they kind of took me out of it too. So it's like they didn't really help it. They're they're kind of infamous in the in the scene, in like the New York indie scene. Yeah, it's not like it's it's not a knock, but it's just like it just like they kind of just because no, I just want to focus on the two people because that's the reason why I like the uh, Chuck and Zach one because Victor Boy Diva kind of just played their job, just did their role, not not too much, not too little, kept it pretty good. I felt yeah. like they was trying to do too much, and I was just like, eh. Um, yeah, I do like the ending spot, which works for me. Which was like that back body through the table, jumping off the stage, and I was just like, Jesus! <laughs> like, geez. But yeah, it just it just didn't work too crazy for me. I wanted to go with this one. One I wanted to highlight: Casanova Valentine and the because I think it's a really unique idea. Um, mm-hmm. I think it brings something different to the scene, and it's also helped me. Oh. These shows, um, nine was the first one I went to. So the one with Rick, uh, the boy Devin Penelope Ford. Um, oh, you were there? I was there at this one, yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Now I need to go back and look to see if I find me a baby Jack. You'll find me in G Raver versus uh, Casanova Valentine. Which Say is, less, I'm going to look for it. Yeah. You'll, you'll see me very prominently at one point, actually. Like if you don't see me, I'll like send you like the screenshot. I'm about to say when I do find you, that screenshot is going straight into the group chat. Yeah, so good. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I was at this one, and mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't choose that one because one E Raver isn't is kind of on the outs in the scene. Even in the deathmatch scene, he's pretty shady. Um, mm-hmm. or, and I didn't wanna. I didn't really want to pump him up. And also, I gave you two very violent matches. And I kind of, and not kind of, I wanted you to see the scene, <laughs> the, 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 the death match scene when it could lean more into the entertainment value rather yeah. than the gruesome value. Because there are those two versions of death matches. And this right, one, fair. like you said, it's not very gruesome. Uh, no, Zach Saber versus Chuck Taylor. It's not very gruesome. It's more. It's not gruesome at all. It's not gruesome. Value. And the context of wrestling outside of you know four sides, four posts, and a ring. Honestly, I had fun watching them all together. Um, It wasn't hard viewing. Um, my whole thing is like I'm still like especially because I've seen the first two I'm like I don't know if I would pay to go to a deathmatch show I'd watch it I'd probably watch them more often now because it's it's stomachable like yeah. you know like uh, yeah, I don't feel bad but going to one live I gotta work my way up there yeah I mean these tender trap shows it's like $10 cover for the bar and you're in they don't do they exist still or they don't exist no more tender trap doesn't exist anymore um, mm-hmm. he, but he Casanova Valentine still does these no ring shows. Um, he's brought them across the country. Like he's done a, like a bunch in LA now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to look into him. I'm in New York. Yeah, he's he actually has a re- uh, match with MJF. Um, like baby MJF from their New York indie days. That's really good. Uh, for the rest nice. of the lap. 
for the wrestlers laboratory. Um, he's a really good wrestler, and like I, and as we can see here, he has great ideas. This is okay. It's 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 an in, yeah. So this is these were the first matches, some of the first matches I went to when I got back into wrestling, and this is what got me into deathmatch wrestling specifically. Right. And it helped. It did help me like fall in love that something like this could exist. That pro wrestling <laughs> perimeters parameters are so wide that something like this could happen, and you can bring anybody to this shit. Like I brought friends who are into wrestling, and they're they're gonna have a good time. Right. Okay. Man, I enjoyed it. I did. And yeah. all right, so now I gotta find. Hmm, I gotta find some matches for you to watch. I might have yeah. to do that. Well, I gotta see. I gotta find out what you have not seen a lot of because I know I've seen a lot of ECW. But have you ever seen Jerry Lynn RVD matches? Uh, a couple. I feel like you got to give me something like you don't watch much death match. You got to give me something like I don't watch much of. I'm trying to think. I don't know how much WCW you may have seen. No. I don't know. You've never no. seen any. I've seen one WCW episode and I've seen probably like five WCW matches outside of that episode. Have you ever seen Eddie versus Rey Mysterio Halloween Havoc? That's one of the five. Yeah. Okay, it's I like have other matches in Goldberg versus DDP at Halloween Havoc. Ooh, I have some matches that I might have to send you from WCW. We might, you know what? That's what we'll do. I'm gonna find three to four WCW, my favorite WCW matches, and I'm gonna send them to you. Love it. And or I'm gonna try and find some of my favorite ECW matches that you may have never seen. Yeah, that'd to. be good too. And I think maybe we'll do that for the next one. All right, Jack, is there anything you want to promote? Anything you want to talk about before we head out, my brother? Uh, I'm going to throw my fantasy book out there. Oh, yeah. I just said his name, mm -hmm. and I'm going to say it because you, this is the first one I've put into the notes that you've immediately, that you had a visceral reaction to. And <laughs> absolutely not. Um, Goldberg versus Eddie Guerrero. Hell fucking no. It would be fucking seeing what sort of bullshit Eddie Guerrero would do in that match is really what I'm interested in. Like, I just don't want to waste Eddie Guerrero's time to get away from Goldberg and like try to end that match as quickly as possible for the exact opposite reason of why Goldberg's trying to end that match as quickly as possible. Yeah, lead to some really fun, interesting shit. <sighs> I remember I saw that. I saw like the little thing pop up on my phone. And it said, um, you know, it just basically gave me the notes thing. And then I went and looked and I said, hell fucking no. <laughs> 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 um, ooh. This one, yeah, this would be one I would have loved, just love to see at all. But. Prime uh, uh, in his prime, Eddie versus best bout machine, Kenny. Oh yeah, that. Yeah, I mean that's an alley oop. That's an alley oop because we're saying Eddie. But also, if I had to pick one, um, I, I believe yes, yeah, I have seen only one of his matches live, but I would love. Well, not live. I've seen one of his matches before. And I remember it being just so entertaining. Hayabusa. And 
I would have loved to have seen Hayabusa versus Will Ospreay. I think that I know that's one of his idols. I don't think I've, don't think I've ever seen a Hayabusa match. Hayabusa, pretty much before his time. Very much. Will Ospreay gets a lot of shit from him. Will it gets like you would watch Hayabusa and you could see where he influenced Will Ospreay. Okay. Um, so I would love to have seen a Hayabusa match. I just know him because, if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong. He was in the WCW NWO Revenge game, and I loved playing with him. But I did see one of his matches because my uncle used to have old tapes. And I was just like, holy shit. So, that's one. All right. Uh, Jack Simon. Check out jacksimonmakes.com. Got all my documentary music videos and some of my writing up there. I'm also a film critic for the Aspen Times, so if you want to read any of my columns for the newspaper, I'm in there every week. Talking with movies, Jack Simon. With his writing scale. (laughs) My infamous writing scale that has the tenths of a decimal point. Um, You can follow me on any social media app at Life of Dean. You can check out the YouTube page. We're gonna I'm gonna I'm working on three YouTube videos, like legit. Once me and Jack end this, I'm going right back into editing. We're gonna have I'm aiming to have three YouTube video well, four with the the visuals for the podcast up this week. But I will have a video up talking about World Heavyweight Championship in WWE, MJF title reign, and I will be discussing Hopefully we get this out by Sunday, but the Sunday one will be talking about some of the booking in AEW. So we will have that up, and that'll be on the YouTube page, Wrestling with Positivity. Um, thank you guys for checking out the podcast. We love it and appreciate you all. And we will check back with you next week. Next we out. Week. We out.